did episode five. This will be episode six. This particular episode is going to go over some terminology pertaining to the capital markets and help people get a little better understanding of some of the fundamentals pertaining to uh, the float, uh, some of the outstanding shares, and some other terms that we'll go over. So let's dive right in. Hopefully this will be a very quick video. Uh, this may not be helpful for some that are a little more sophisticated, a little more experienced. Okay, so this is going to specifically discuss uh, outstanding shares versus uh, the float and the authorized. So the authorized is uh, essentially the treasury, how many shares a company can issue. The outstanding shares are how many shares is the company issued. That's why we call the outstanding shares the issued and out. That's a, a term you might be uh, familiar with. And that's just the number of shares that we've issued. And it also can include uh, shares that have a legend or restrictions on them for whatever time period it, it may be. Rule 144, for those who don't know, for fully reporting companies or SEC filers, it's six months. For, for uh, alternative reporting pink companies like us, until we're full, we complete our audits, it's 12 months. So that's their restriction period typically assigned. The outstanding is not the float. I've gotten this a few times. Um, I understand some of the confusion, but the outstanding shares is not the same as the float. The float is what is actively being traded on a daily uh, basis. What's in the market, what's able to be bought and sold, that is um, the float. It, they, they do not have a legend. There's no restriction on that. So that's what's available in the market to either buy or sell. So here's a, here's a question I get a lot. Is a higher float better? Is, is lower float better? So let me just say this, on a higher float, it's a little more predictable, right? A higher float is gonna be less volatile. It's, it's gonna be much more difficult to manipulate. And as many people don't like talking about this, it does happen, right? So the liquidity can absorb larger trading swings when you have a larger float. And that movement, when you have a larger uh, swing or a larger movement in, tr in trading volume, if you have a larger float, you're gonna have less, uh, smaller swings is the best way to put that. And that's why it's a little more predictable and less uh, volatile. It also equals more liquidity, right? So because you have more shares in the market being traded. And then of course, you, you're gonna have these lower spreads and it's it, and as a result, it's, it's more difficult to manipulate. So, so then a low float's bad, right? Not necessarily. Uh, the trading can potentially be more volatile. Uh, smaller trading volume can produce larger swings. Obviously that's where the volatility uh, comes in. And then you'll also have these higher spreads. Now, there's a lot of theories and different schools of thought on what that is. I, I've always viewed that as not helpful. If the tighter the spread, I feel the healthier the stock. That's my opinion. I'm not asking you to adopt that, that ethos, that philosophy. I, I like something that's a little more predictable and we've worked very diligently at creating something that's less volatile and that is within a very tight spread with more organic movement. And you know, for whatever, wherever you, you, you sit on that, because there's a period where we weren't putting out news, I didn't, I didn't want things manipulated and I, I want to make sure that what we put out was valid and was real and can be counted on. There's been some shortcomings here and there, of course, we've fallen short on some projections. 
and that's I think is expected. I know some people take me to task on that. I'm thick-skinned. I can take it. But understand that in business, things don't always go the way you think they're going to go, or even when you plan, or even when you're working towards things uh, happen, like a global pandemic, for example. Not that that was always the issue with us. We've, we've had some shortcomings and with mis some miscalculations. So I view a tight spread as better. Uh, some people look at the volatility as a, as a plus, especially if you're a trader, right? You, you know, you can either trade gold or silver, but you're going to make more. You can be in and out of the silver market quicker because of the volatility of that, and that goes for any stock as well. I, I know one thing is the security, the other thing is commodity, but uh, the the principle is the same. Okay. Um, he, here's the the deal with um, a low float. It can be very challenging to have an entry or exit into that particular investment. So if there's if the stock's not trading and it's a lower float, you may own stock, but you might, you might not be able to sell it as easily. Does that mean you can't sell it at all? No. But if you if you want to sell a million shares, you might only be able to sell a hundred blocks of a hundred thousand at a time. That can affect your RI or what you're looking to do, whatever your objective is. So it can be a little more challenging uh, in and out. Um, of course, there's a supply and demand issue where there are fewer shares available to be bought. Uh, that could be an issue. As a result, when you buy larger blocks, there's going to be a bigger swing in price. When you sell, there'll be a bigger swing down. So, and, and, and typically, with a low float, you're going to have low volume. Typically. Again, for those who are more experienced and have decades of experience, you don't need to sharpshoot me. I understand that that's not always the case. But typically speaking, on average, what I'm what I'm outlining is is uh, fairly accurate. So, you know, does the where does the authorized come? Where does it, what does it play into all of this? The authorized is just the amount of shares a company can can spend, if you will, right? If you have a hundred dollars in the bank, you can only spend a hundred dollars. Now, I know people are going to sharpshoot me on that as well. There's leverage and everything else. I'm just if all things remain equal, that is the limit of what you could do. Now, yes, you can increase the authorized. Um, that doesn't always have to be bad. There's some justification in doing that in some instances. And it depends on what your share, what your authorized, your current or existing authorized share count is. Outstanding shares, again, is just what's issued out. What the company has issued has nothing to do with it being the absolute definition of the float. The outstanding will include the float, but it is not the float. I think those that I, I want to keep this video short. I know this might sound very simple to some. I, I speak with a lot of shareholders, and you'd be surprised how many people don't fully understand that. I get calls every single day. I speak with a shareholder, and I have to say, not a week goes by where the outstanding share count and the float are referenced as one. So it's, it's important to understand that. It's also important to understand the authorized and what that actually means. And you can have a huge discrepancy between outstanding and authorized, and that's something to always watch. And there's reasons for that. I think I went, went over that in a video this morning. You'll see that, and then this one will come after it in a couple days. So hopefully we'll two and two together on that one. Uh, thank you for watching this video. Please like and subscribe and share um, the most important thing so that we can get everyone educated and caught up to speed and everyone uh, understands the same things. Okay? Again, thank you, and I look forward to talking to you uh, in the next video.